Hey, how's it going? Tommy Taylor here. And I'm Desnica, and welcome to the Marriage 2.0 podcast. went through just about everything bad someone can go through in marriage quadruple times over and came out more in love than ever and using our story to inspire and give hope to the world. Since we've come out of our version of hell on earth, we have built a global marriage coaching business mentoring hundreds of couples and individuals all around the world. We've helped them fix issues like affair recovery, communication, intimacy issues, addictions, and all forms of abuse when no one else could. We've gone through all of these things plus so much more, so we get it. We tried everything out there from counseling, therapy, intensives, webinars, hundreds of books, and even tactics like Slow to Speak, Quick to Listen. And the truth is, all of those things were just band-aids that left us on an emotional roller coaster from hell. We truly believe that when you couple a heart for God and a strong desire for massive action, anything is possible. But honestly, most of us are never given the right knowledge. The Marriage 2.0 podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, sports, health, entertainment, and finance in order to help you live the purpose-filled life God designed for you so that you can live an inspiring life filled with more freedom, love, and impact. So get ready to learn the stuff that no one ever taught you about marriage. Your old marriage is dead and marriage 2.0 starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode. So today we're going to be talking about how to deal with your bi- bipolar wife, I mean spouse. Hey, hey now. Hey, so um, this, process. this is something, one, we're going to be talking to you, just talking about for multiple reasons, but as Tommy just totally tried to like throw me under the bus there about a bipolar wife, um, we actually went through this, you know, as, as well. But this is a very popular question that we get up and it comes up a lot like, hey, how do I handle, you know, my spouse is bipolar or even like maybe I've been diagnosed bipolar and like, I don't, I don't know what to do. So how do I handle this? And it's also one of those things that definitely gets us fired up. I am incredibly passionate about this. I'll speak for myself on this because it just, mm, it just gets me incredibly fired up. So a lot of passion in this episode, hear the heart behind it for sure. Yeah, it's one of those things that honestly, like, not only happened to us actually, but we were labeled different things by, and I use large, elaborate air quotes when I say professionals. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, yeah, those horrible retarded counselors and therapists. Um, but anyways, that being said, I personally was for me was labeled narcissistic, and then Destinco was labeled bipolar. However, um, I was also she was also labeled labeled like more of like narcissist too and what i thought it was was like because originally the thing was like if you go back and listen to like actual the narcissist podcast that we did a while back uh you'll see like okay well i was labeled narcissist but then she was also labeled covert narcissist as well yes. so Ugh. so that it's like we're not going to dive into that we're going to dive into bipolar but you know it's just one of those things that people label people so easily when it comes to this stuff and i was even convinced that i had and get this ptsd c the type of PTSD that you can only get from a covert narcissist. 
Yeah. And so I know, honestly, and I, since I was the one labeled, I'll obviously be speaking from it on that perspective as well, as long. And I also have family members that have been, you know, diagnosed and then through our experience of everything that we've seen. So I'll have lots of different viewpoints and angles coming today, but the, like these were, and when like these were counselors, like, like it was counselors and therapists that both diagnosed me and, you know, in this aspect. And so I just want to put that in perspective just to have that relation of like where you might be too. Yeah, I mean, no one did like any like brain scans. No one did any like chemical imbalance tests. Like no one did any hormones. Like no one did, <coughs> no one did anything that was actually science-based. It's mm. just like, oh, well, you're displaying some red flags air quotes <laughs> i think this is what right. you are and yeah it's ridiculous like but like one day like the thing is like this is the kind of typically how it goes like you know this is like the scenarios that play out here so like one day they want they want me you know want they want me to work on things then bam it's like they they don't and i'm like the worst thing ever that ever happened to them right yeah and so that one I feel like um, I did fall into that one um, a lot. So like these are some different things that you see in marriage and in different aspects of how people are diagnosed. And I was like that. I'd be like, you know, hey, Tommy, like I love you. I want to work on things. And then I'll be like, I hate you. <laughs> like the next, right? Um, or it'll come out like we'll be good. We'll be spending time together and we'll have a great time. Like, you know, we'll have like this perfect day together, spend all this quality time or do all these whatever it may be. And then all of a sudden, after that great time together, they want nothing to do with me and they ghost me. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay. And, or, you know, they're just be in this ever constant changing behavior. It's like, I just don't know which version of them that I'm going to get, you know? So I'm like walking around cause I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to get that day. Yeah. And the, you know, to be <laughs> clear, like I've talked to so many people and they label this bipolar and it. And it just has to be right. Like it just makes so much sense. It's like, wow. Like I thought I was the one that was crazy. Like they're actually the one that's by over. Like what else can explain this, their behavior? Like I, I, there's literally nothing else. Like they're just literally a nut job, right? They're so back and forth and so all, all over the place. So because they're all over the place and nothing else makes sense, then they must be bipolar. Yeah. You know, I, even the counselor or <laughs> therapist or professionals said that, so that they were right. And it can, the, the point is like here, it can end up being seeming hopeless. Like mm -hmm. I feel defeated because every time I try blank, you know, right. Ever it, it's all those different things. Yeah. And it's just going into that. Like, I think I'm doing right and things are good, but like, I don't ever know which version of them I'm going to get. And, you know, so this like plays a huge battle in the marriage. And especially like when you're in like your darkest hour, like now I'm not going to lie, like bipolar comes out and, and like these diagnoses and other situations too. We're going to mainly focus on the marriage here today. Yeah. And it's one of those things like we get it like, okay, you, you may think they're bipolar and you're tired of the, you know, quote, air, you know, emotional roller coaster here in the marriage where it's like, you know, one minute it could be good. One minute, I don't know what to do with them. Right. And so I was there, like, you know, I know I felt a lot of certain ways about this, like no matter, you know, th this ended up letting me feel in certain ways, which was no matter what I did, I could never hit the bar. Goalpost was always being moved on me. You know, I, I asked like, what do I do? What do you, what do you, what do you want me to do? Right. What is it you want me to do? Make a list. Right. I do. Okay. Well I do X, Y, and Z, right. Then the list, nail it perfectly. And I still fall short somehow, some way, despite doing all of X, Y, and Z, exactly to the T I still fall short and it's like you know 
that was such a big argument all the time between us. <laughs> it was huge. Like I was and I always was left feeling not good enough and all these things. And, you know, all they do is focus on the wrong. Right. But they never see any of my good traits. Right. I'm always like the broken and defective one, like the, the, the one that can never get things right. Those types of things like they don't appreciate any of the things that I do. Right. I never know when or what will set her off. Right. So it's like, you know, like, you know, when's kind of the analogy, like when's other shoe going to drop type of thing. And so one minute, I think we're doing great. Next, she's like zero to a million, not zero to a hundred, zero to a million in like seconds. So, you know, I used, I used to struggle with this a lot in the relationship. And I used to always say like things like to Destinica, okay, here we go again, you know, Right. Yes. And oh my gosh. And so this was like, this is legit our conversations and cycle. And it was awful. It was, it was literally hell on earth. And then all of a sudden, so Tommy's here going, oh, here we go again. And then what am I going? Oh, okay. It's Tommy's pity party. Now it's all about Tommy. And so we were stuck in this constant, like, you know, cause he felt like he couldn't hit the bar. He thought it was like my emotional swings and being that bipolar. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, will you just get off yourself? And I'm tired of talking about you. And literally we, I was like, we talked about this a bajillion times. I'm tired of talking about it and I want to move on. And um, this is so frustrating. And, and so they are the ones outwardly that look crazy, but then they make you feel crazy. And right, then they're labeled, then this is where the whole narcissist thing comes in because they're labeled like, um, well, bipolar, but also narcissist because like, oh, they're, oh, they're gaslighting me. They're making me feel crazy, right? <laughs> right, so that's where that comes in. Like, and you, you feel like, like, I know for me, like not everybody probably feels like this, but I know for me, I felt like a pest, like, you know, a letdown. Like, I felt like I was never good enough. I used to feel like, you know, if I were to disappear, nothing would even change. No one would even notice. No one would miss me. This is like... And this is honestly what drove me like a lot of times to being, well, not what she did more of like, it was honestly a lot of inward things, but mm -hmm. it drove me to being very suicidal. And so it's just an endless cycle of this hell and crap. And this was just a small piece, by the way, of yes. our hell on earth. Like this was just like a segment. Because then this cycle would continue. He would go suicidal and I'm like, oh, you're manipulating me. You're being narcissistic. And then. But like, I'd be like high and low, like I would kind of have some sympathy, but then I'd be so pissed off and that like, I like my emotions would be like a raging and then that's like the zero to like a million. And then I'm like, he's like, see, you're bipolar and like all of these things. And so like, this is real life, like how our life looked like. And it was awful, awful. Um, so awful. I just can't even have like the right words to describe it. And so we just want to like share a little bit about where we're from, but today we're really going to be talking about, you know, why people are one diagnosed, you know, bipolar so often and, you know, the assumptions that are made and what's really going on there instead. And then also how to fix this. Absolutely. So let's go into the first part, which is the diagnose thing. So we've already talked a little bit about that here, but let's first address one of the biggest elephants in the room. And like, let me just be very, 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 very clear. We speak to tens of thousands of people every single year that are wrongly, wrongly diagnosed all the time. Daily for us to, to see. It's, it's daily for us to see someone, someone wrongly diagnosed. Like almost on a daily, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say almost, definitely on a daily it's basis. A, it's a definite daily. You know, I was talking with someone yesterday and... Yeah, you know, like one of the things is, is like, they're like, oh, like I've been in therapy and, 
you know, for 14 weeks. And by the way, that that's a long enough time that by 14 weeks, like, wow, one, you should be emotionally stable. You should understand like what's going on. You know how to process things like there. There's so many things like at that. There's by week so three. You should know how to do that. <clears throat> yeah. By really week two, two and a half, two, two and a half, you know, and by three, like you're in in it. You know, and so I was like, wow, okay. So obviously, like, that's not working for you. And she's like, oh, it's not working yet. I'm waiting to be diagnosed. And I'm like, oh, my head just dropped and my heart sank. And it's just like, in those moments, it's just like, I can't believe, like, you know, and I was like, you've had a lot of trauma in your life before your marriage, like, before this part in your marriage. Am I right? I didn't know. I had a guess, right? Like, I, this is because of all of the people I talked to. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, so the fact that you had all that trauma and you don't know how to process it and you don't know how to deal with it causes that internal struggle and that massive chaoticness of, I don't know what's going on in the swings and erratic behavior in those types of things. And so and not being a healthy individual in general, like it doesn't yeah. matter what the heck you're going through, like it's still going to cause these things. And, and so like that's wrongly diagnosed, like you're, you're not bipolar or whatever that label is going to turn out to be. You don't need to just be medicated for that. You need to be taught how to be a healthy individual. If you want the problem to go away, you actually have to fix the problem and not slap a bandaid on it. Yeah. And so many people, so, so you got like really, in my opinion, and I don't even know if we're going to really plan on talking about this part of it, but like, to me, you got certain types of people, like, I think you got two different groups, right? So you got group A. They're labeled this. Both are labeled, but group A are labeled bipolar or narcissist, whatever. And then you have them and they're like, I don't really like this. I don't agree with it. Like, you know, but you know, whatever I need to do to take care of it. And then you have, you know, group B, which are the victim minded wusses basically that like go into it and they're like, oh, I have to be like, I have to be, I have to, um, this is a crutch essentially for the rest of my life. And now I'm just going to be, oh, I'm bipolar. Right. And you know, this is my cop out on everything like no like we're trying to tell you like you don't have to subscribe to either one of those things no not at all and so how do most people even get diagnosed like well they go in and see like these counselors or therapists like when they're having turmoil going on and they're telling their stories about what's going on they're talking about the chaos of their life and like all this you know chaos they don't know how to handle it their marriage is in shambles they're high they're low you know there's a good day bad day like they're all over the place and they feel like they're losing everything. And if you if you go back to the the uh, last podcast, like when we hit on that aspect of why you feel that way. And, you know, and so, you know, with all of this, like losing everything and just the amount of trauma, like that's how people are labeled. But like literally in the darkest hour of like your life and like what's going on, like you're being labeled instead of being taught how to handle it. So it, it just blows my mind in that aspect. And they're given medical prescriptions to deal with these issues at hand. And let me just be clear. Numbing emotions is numbing emotions. I, like the, the argument, I, I, how can you argue anything different? Whether you're taking a pill to numb your emotions so that you can show up in life um, and just going through the emotions and just existing, being in a numbed out state so that you can just show up. Uh, whether it's a like a pill, whether it's a prescription pill or not a prescription pill, whether it's weed, whether it's alcohol, or whether you're so zoned out in games and social media or addiction or so shoving food in your face, whatever the addiction, that's all numbing. 
Yeah. You had a person the other day come at um, one of your posts saying that, like, you know, oh, it takes a long time to heal from trauma. Like, no, it was a lifetime. I, and it, it was a lifetime. I was like, dude, no, it doesn't. It doesn't take a life. I've had so much trauma in my life, so much trauma in my life, and I am healed. Like, I, I don't have those things that have like a grip on me anymore. <coughs> and sorry, I'm recovering from a cold. So, but within that aspect, like I went through tons of trauma, childhood trauma, um, like, you know, and there, there's so many different aspects here that go into that. Um, but you know, no, I'm not like, I'm not like at like a hundred at the end of my life and finally getting to this point of healing. No, like I'm good, you know, and I'm actually growing and continuing to grow. And like, you have that choice too. Yeah. And here's the difference like between her and what normal people do. Um, or more normal people produce. So she has fruits of like, so you, you always, I don't really necessarily look at what people say as much as what I look at what their life is producing in terms of fruit. So like, you know, if you look at like, you know, if, if the tree produces bad fruit, then it's not going to be a good tree, right? It's clearly toxic. It's clearly not it needs to be cut down. Right. Or, you know, it needs to be healed. Right. Now, then you got the trees that produce good fruit. So she produces good fruit in her life. She produces the traits of a healthy individual. She produces, like, and I'm talking about mentally, emotionally, like she's thriving in life. Then you get other people that say that they're healed, say that they're good, um, you know, but really their life isn't producing any of those fruits. So that, like, no, you're not. Obviously, clearly, it's that's not the case. Yeah, not at all. And so, you know, I just, I have this analogy that comes to my mind when we talk about people, you know, who are getting prescribed prescriptions and stuff and being labeled and whether it's bipolar, narcissistic and all these things, um, you know, and it just kind of reminds me a lot, like when a new like Xbox or something comes out and the lines for people to go wait and they wait in line with chairs and like fireplaces if it's cold and like all of these like traumatic things to wait in line to get this material thing that has absolutely no value. <coughs> it actually leads to like typically more division as they turn that their life to it. But all of these things, they'll do, they'll do all of that effort to get just this nothing material thing. But then, you know, like for people who actually want to have like joy and healing and peace internally, that's not based on an external factor. Like the, the people in line for that, it's like 10, like you got like lines for all this material thing. And like, this is what our society pushes these days. And you just think about like the line for people who, who are waiting to get on meds or who, who like, or like just drink all the time or going out or are self-medicated and, you know, to deal with everything that line is miles and miles and miles and miles long while like the counter over here for, Hey, here's like the true fix. Here's how you actually fix that problem where it doesn't come back. And then you can have true healing. And there's like no one in line for that. And that's, that's our society. Like that's the truth of our society right now. You don't need like people's argument here would be like, okay, we'll take medication to, you know, help you in the meantime while you like keep you stable, while you recover, while you heal, whatever. Right. But the problem is, like, you don't need that, number one. Like, you can be, you can get emotionally stable within a matter of weeks. Like, you don't, we, we got people that come to our program all the time, all the time, that don't even tell us that they come off seven different prescription medications the first two weeks of our program, right? Like, that that mm -hmm. happens all the time, right? People coming off depression, suicide medications within weeks of the program. Like, that's, 
that's how it works when you actually have a real solution. Like there is a real solution out there, not these garbage things. Absolutely. And all of these like self med whether it's self-medicated or prescription medicated, I don't really care. It's not actually fixing any of the issues, but all it does is create more issues for that person. You, you know, depression medications actually kill sex drive and then it kills the intimacy in the relationship. And it actually makes you some, so numbed out that it makes it hard for you to connect emotionally with your spouse. So now you may not be as feeling depressed in that aspect, but now you're not emotionally connecting and you're not physically connecting. And so now your spouse is feeling even more isolated. We see these repercussions all the time, all the time. It also has negative side effects for your body. And, you know, if you go, if you get on these things and then your doctor's like, oh no, you can't come off because like, you're going to have withdrawals. Like what, like what are you putting into your body in that aspect? You know? So these are things to, to keep in mind. And I think it's hilarious. Like, uh, I think it's so hilarious that people get so mad at us and like want to bash us for saying these things and, and speaking the truth and knowing that, yes, you can fix trauma and you can heal naturally God's way by true foundations, by actually dealing with the issues, by fixing them and being able to be a healthy individual. They would rather bash us for that and then push the other's ad agenda and put people into more bondage. And that just blows my mind. Yeah. People, uh, it just really boils down to like, they, like I was saying earlier, like people want to hold on to like a victim card and it, it, it's one of those things they want to hold on to a crutch or a reason why things aren't working or a reason why their situation isn't getting better or a reason why like, you know, it's all these like scapegoats types of things. And, and the reality is like, I get the hurt. I get the pain. I've been there. I've been wanting to blame those types of things. I've been wanting to do that. I did, I did exactly that. But like when it boils down to it, that's not the way that th there is a right way. And the reason that's not the right way to go about it that way. No. And there is so much that like is going on. So let's talk about, you know, some of these assumptions and what's really going on here in this whole order of, of bipolar. And, you know, so there, there's just so much that goes on and why, like, why do people get diagnosed that to begin with? You oh, know, right. Oh, like, well, people get diagnosed a majority of the time, right? Like, and the reason why, even if it's, even if it's them sharing their side of the story, right, to professional, air quotes again, uh, giant ones, uh, to put, to put it real simple, people, people have crazy innate behavior and, you know, erratic behavior that they, they basically like have a complete utter conflict going on inside of them. And oh, you, and, yeah. and you were like, oh, well, that shouldn't be going on despite all of your situation and the hell that you're going through. That's marriage issues and relationship traumas and all these past traumas you haven't actually dealt with yet. Like, but you know, you, you shouldn't have any of those naturally. So we should just like prescribe a medication because, because it's just, it's just a chemical imbalance. Um, no. Oh my gosh. And it just drives me crazy. So like with, with all of this, you know, uh, so Tommy, that's one of the, one of the reasons why I got diagnosed is because you know, I went from like zero to a hundred easily zero to a million. Okay. I'll be honest. Um, like I would literally flip a switch and just be like, I'd be fine. And then, I'll, I'll, and then all of a sudden I'd be like flying off the handle. And it does not mean that like I'm bipolar though. No, it does not. 
But when you tell that story, what does it sound like? Oh, it sounds like you're like, oh, it sounds like you might be bipolar. So that's what we need to address. But in reality, there's just so many unknowns that are, are not known here. It, and it just is one of those things that it just, it just drives me crazy. You know, when you have all of this internal conflict, whether it be marriage trauma going on, whether it be like, you know, feeling like you're losing everything or like a wave after wave after wave after wave of life hitting you and you don't know how to handle it, what's going to happen? You're not going to know how to handle it. Your emotions are going to be all over the place and there's going to be like turmoil. That's what's going to happen because you don't know how to handle it. What makes me really mad here <coughs> is honestly like people will like, and I get, and I get on the phone and they're like, you know, well, there's nothing I can do. You know, I do want to work on myself to move on, but like, there's nothing I can do because the, the doctor or the actual person, like, you know, guy with a degree or girl with a degree said that, you know, that they're bipolar or they're narcissist or whatever. There's nothing I can do. They'll never change. They'll it. never change. It, it, it's not something that can, they can grow out of. Like, it's just something that they have to deal with for the rest of their life. Like, it's like a, like a terminal disease or something like that. And I'm like, dude, man, like you have like people like that, these Oh, I just want to literally like just punch people in the face like that when it comes to like these these doctors or these people that are like um, professionals, right? Like they're 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 literally killing hope, literally killing marriages when it comes to this type of stuff. It's like, dude, no, you have no idea what you're even talking about. I don't care how many years you went to school. There's a difference between learning something out of a book and actually going through it and fixing it the right way, like. I actually know what I'm doing, whereas you just knew how to read. You just read it right out of a freaking book. And let's just be really clear here: when there is trauma, and that means relationships failing on the brink of divorce, or feeling alone and isolated, you know, all of those things. That's trauma. Losing loved ones. That's a traumatic event. Having a bad childhood. That's trauma. Parents divorcing. That's trauma. Major life events. If you don't know how to process them, are are trauma. Right. Like whether you moved around a lot as a kid or maybe you just didn't have any friends or maybe you were bullied, you know, all of these different aspects are trauma. And if you don't know how to process them and handle them, they will cause all types of internal struggles and they will bleed out into every relationship and cause these erratic behaviors. Some people cycle and go into this like good because they're suppressing things and then they'll blow up because they can't take no more but then they like calm themselves down to where they start suppressing again still never actually addressing the problem it, it's just a cycle of, of <laughs> we could go into like what there's all different types mm -hmm. of cycles like cycle perfectionism different things like that but there's all these different types of cycles that people can go through here yeah and let's just be clear if you don't know how to be a healthy individual processing your emotions then you won't be able to teach that to your kids, which also means if your parents were not really healthy individuals and, you know, knew how to process their emotions and do those types of things, then they didn't teach you. So if you're not taught, how could you have been expected to know how to do these things? Yeah, and if you even look on like a spiritual side of the things here, like with like generational curses and patterns and stuff like that, like that's a real thing here. Like you have to understand like that, like, okay, just, just hear me out. Like if the devil creates these strongholds in your life, right? They start as footholds of like, maybe like ideas inserted and stuff like that of like bipolar and stuff like that. And they create these strong, like spiritual strong or strongholds. Eventually it was saying like, Oh, you lost hope. So it's like, okay, well if the devil get tricks you into through using, through working through these doctors or, you know, different people like that, that's what the devil is doing is working through them. 
uh, and they're actually like tricking you into thinking that, oh, you have no hope. What, what does the devil actually want to trick you into doing? Well, think you have no hope. That way you don't fight to get out of it. That way you don't make the changes. That way you don't get out of his chains. That way you don't actually move forward and break generational patterns and curses out of your family. What do you think yes. he's really trying to freaking do? This is so big because this, like, the devil's not omnipresent, present, right? He's not. So what does he do? All he has to do is set traps, and all these traps are set at a young age, and they just continue to grow, and those little strong, like, those little footholds become strongholds, and then, like, you'll start the cycle of self-destructing, and he, the enemy just gets to sit back and watch you, like, destroy your own life because you don't know how to, to like fight these things like you don't know how to break those strongholds and just like truly like understand like what's going on and right now like like we're in a spiritual war like that is what's going on there's a spiritual war going on and he wants the enemy wants to go after identity if you can't see that right now in our society then just we just you you're just, blind we just just message me and like <laughs> i'll give you like a thousand different examples of the attack of on on identity right now but if, if you lose your identity in Christ, like you pretty much have lost like just, just about almost everything in that aspect, right? So if you don't know who you are, then you're not going to be speaking that life. You're not going to be walking in purpose. You're not going to be living those things out. You're going to be constantly in this like lost mode and then continuing to self-destruct. Identity- You're going to be reflecting negative things too, mm -hmm. like we're talking about here. You're reflecting, I'm a drug addict. I'm a this, I'm a that, right? Yes, and- so like the, we're in a massive spiritual war and this is one of those avenues that's being attacked on identity because what happens is these labels, bipolar, now you're bipolar and it's starting young. Oh my gosh, it starts so young. I had someone ask me about like a six-year-old the other day. Like, do you think there like might be borderline personality disorder? And I'm like, no, I don't think that at all. What I think is actually they're not taught how to handle their emotions. And when, you know, you combine like all of these different life events, even at the age of six, but the patterns they were taught in behavior, that's coming out. And so, no, it's not that they're actually like borderline personality disorder it's that they don't know how to process their emotion and they're doing what they know to get attention and that's how they're seeking their validation because that that's all they know and I cannot stand this and there is also you know just another quick example I was talking to a teenager the other day and you know she's been labeled and like in this aspect she's like you know I just asked her how she's doing she's like oh, I'm okay you know and like she volunteered the info that, you know, she, you know, she's in therapy and bipolar and she's like, Oh, I'm good. I just have to stay on my medication. God, I hate therapy and, and counseling I, so much. I was like, you're, I'm like, I'm like, you're like 14. And my first question, I don't know this girl at all. My first question is how's your home life? And the look on her face. And she just told me like, it's not good. And like told me about some of the things that's going on between her and her dad and just like, you know, her family dynamics. And I'm like, you're telling me that this 14 year old whose home life sucks is constant chaos, who has a drunken parent, one who's non-existent, who doesn't know how to handle their emotions and lashes out in a verbal way. And, you know, so many other different aspects, like that's the environment that this kid is in. And she's bipolar because she hasn't been taught how to handle her emotions because this is the environment that she's grown in. And now she has to walk through life with this identity of, oh, I'm bipolar. Something's wrong with me. When no, there's nothing wrong with her. She just wasn't taught these things because that's not what our society teaches. 
and I'll, I cannot stand it. It just makes me so fired up because it's so untrue. And now that girl is in that. That's one of those strongholds are now placed on her life. Yeah. And beliefs too. Like, you know, and, and here's the thing, like I was, I had seizures for 17 years of my life. So can people have brain disorders and stuff like that? Yeah, of course it happens, right? Do people have brain disorders? People have things that are going wrong with them. Like I had actual chemical imbalances within my brains, with my with brains, with my brain, uh, <laughs> with my brain, like, you know, it would shut on and off like a machine gun. The leading neurologist in Houston, Dr. Gates at that time in my life was told my parents that I would never be successful, never do anything. I would never do like, like literally I was the worst EEG he's ever seen in the history of being the leading neurologist in Houston. And he said that I would never do anything worth. And God healed me of all of that. And I did take Depakote ER and all this other stuff for years. And I, and I struggled in school. And so, yes, there is real instances where it's like that. However, it's very, 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 very rare. But very rare. Because the like it's there's no way. Like almost a, a crap ton. Like, I mean, 90% or more are labeled some sort of narcissistic. And I'm talking tens of thousands of people every year or bipolar that we talk to. Yes. And, and to point out something Tommy said was, it was a neurologist who was doing actual test on his brain. That's that's a huge difference right there. It wasn't just based on storytelling of what you talk about in like a few hours or like in this aspect. No. It's like oh 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 your your lip quivered to the left. Oh you must have seizures. Like no. No, like he actually <laughs> did EEGs on my brain. A lot of them. Like I had a lot of tests on it. It was a horrible period of my life, but like I had a lot of stuff go on. Like when it comes to that, they were actually scientific. And and I know we talked a minute ago about spiritual aspect of this stuff, but we're not just about praying about this stuff. Like we're not just about the spiritual aspect either. We're not going to take that approach. Like we're about all of it, the scientific, the mindset, the mental aspect of it, the emotional aspect of it, all of it, the spiritual, everything. Like that's, that's the complete fix, all of it. Oh yes. And, and I, so I love the science behind it and it's so like, it just backs up. First of all, the science totally backs up the Bible and everything it says. And so I actually love, love the science on it for sure. And so like, you know, just talking about that, like, how do you fix this? Well, I, you know, in that aspect, when you have to stop labeling it, like we understand. And why do people label so, so casually is because because it's something they don't know how to do, they don't understand it. So they feel like they have to put a label on it because it gives them an answer because it's the only thing that they can relate to. And then it's like, oh, okay. And now like, and, and like, no, like, and so that's an aspect of like why people like throw that out so quickly, but no, it's, it's not a truth. By it's like, means. it's like the whole, so this is the one that cracks me up probably the most, but, and I'll throw this in here, but it's like people that, um, that that like you know have affairs they may have like three or four affairs like we did and technically like we, we had a lot more than three or four but like people would be like oh well they're just they have a disorder they have a, they're just sex addicts no really really mm. no it couldn't be that i have deeper rooted issues it couldn't be that i'm not a healthy individual it couldn't be that i don't know how to process through my emotions it couldn't be i have unresolved trauma it couldn't be that i don't know how to have proper foundations in all aspects of my life couldn't be any of that stuff could just be that i'm just labeled and then there's no hope 
Oh gosh. And you know, God, that's so going, stupid, man. Going into the aspects of like no confidence in yourself, no identity. Again, attack on our identity is so such a big aspect here in our in our society. And that's why we teach our clients identity. Like it's super easy. Like knowing who you are is not some like crazy unreachable aspect. Like it's super easy to know who you are. And like that's why we teach that. Because it's it's so important. So and also like so one, obviously, st stop labeling at people like that's not going to be a fix to your solution like, or like no. a fix to your problem. I mean, let me, let me be clear here. No one has a right to label you except for your creator. That's it. Yes. And, you know, stop, stop creating excuses or excuses or reasons why people can't change. That's all it is, is like literally, and, and at the time, I'm not going to lie, a, a part of me was done. I was tired of fighting. I, was t I didn't know what else to do. And because I had the idea of I didn't know what else to do, I wanted it out. And so I figured if he wasn't able to be fixed, then that would justify my out. It was a selfish aspect of me trying to come up with a reason that would give me an out instead of actually facing and dealing with the issues because at the time I didn't know how. But this is why we are letting you know that there is other things that you can do. Yeah, and just on a side note with the whole narcissist thing, like we, like here's the thing. We look, like when she labeled me narcissistic, I was like, well, I mean, I don't know, like, I looked it up like, okay, well, am I a narcissist? Like I was the type of person that wanted to take responsibility for stuff like that. It's like, okay, well, if I am, do I need to fix it? Like, um, okay. So I started looking up all this stuff about it and I looked up like a bought different ton of different books and stuff. And I was like, and it's in a stupid way. I came to the conclusion. I was like, I'm not the one that's narcissist. She's the one that's narcissist oh it's because gosh. it was because like, it was all these different things. And, and it was funny because like, the, the reality is like, you know, whether it's red flags or bipolar or red flags on narcissism or whatever, right? Like there's all these things that people create in, the, in terms of red flags. The reality is almost everyone we talk to, everyone we talk to, I could find almost all of the red flags about you. If I knew enough about you with enough time, I could find all of those red flags about you pretty much. So, yeah. Yep. Sorry to tell you, but it's not that. And... So also want to want to talk about real quick. So th this is something we haven't dove too far into and I don't have enough time to go into super depth, but we are all created so incredibly different. We have different strengths, different weaknesses. And, you know, one of the aspects that like I am certified in is inborn identity and like this is temperament. And not temper. Gosh, I don't know why people always go like that. Oh, yeah, I do have a temper. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, I'm talking about literally, like, how you were created at your core, not your personality. That changes. It's a show for, like, whatever environment. It's like a mask. It alternates. But at your core of how you were created at your true core by your creator, like, there is different strengths and weaknesses. And I love the temperament. It just explains so much. No, it's not like the Enneagram. Like, that's different. That can also change based on behavior, um, based Personality on, Personality like, test change. This does not. Yeah, this does not change. And so... One of the aspects, because I am like one of my temperaments, it actually says that I can swing like a pendulum. First of all, that can sound really bad. And guess what? That made me understand like a lot of the bipolar um, labels real quick, because if I can swing from like super cool to like super off the chart, like in an instant, you know, or in anger or in even like my desire to do things, you know, in this like one day, like I can literally wake up and conquer the world and like I'm on 
fire. I got drive out the wazoo and I'm going to conquer the world. You just watch and see me get everything done. And then other days I wake up and I'm like, Tommy, you do it. I don't want to do nothing, you know, and understanding that the one it's, it's, it is one of my personal like aspects that is more of a, of a weakness that I have to, I learned to work with, but even with that aspect of being like knowing that like I can swing like a pendulum in different areas, I know that and I know how to address it non-medicated on any sort. No, kind of like I don't use alcohol anymore. I don't use the addictions of like needing attention, seeking validation. Um, all of these, I used to have so many different coping mechanisms uh, to deal with my own internal struggles. And, you know, I don't use any of them anymore. Like none of those are, are what's used. I'm just a true healthy individual who I can work with my own natural like strengths and weaknesses to truly show up because I am a healthy individual emotionally, mentally, you know, spiritually in those aspects. Cause I, I don't just want to make it real clear. I don't mean just physically. Yes, I'm athletic. However, I'm a healthy individual, meaning the emotional and mental and spiritual side. Yeah. And so when it comes down to this, like, you know, one of the things you have to understand is like you, you've, you've been labeled one. Uh, so understand that part of it, but there is hope for you. So, if you've been labeled, there's been hope for you is what I'm saying. Like if your spouse has been labeled, number one, stop it. Stop labeling people. You have no right to label anyone, nothing like that. There And there is hope for a peaceful home and a happy, healthy environment. Again, both of us were not only labeled by each other, but also labeled by a lot of society. And, you know, we, we believe that that stuff's not true. So you can create this, you can create a happy, healthy, thriving environment. And recognize oh, yeah. it, recognize also that it's not all about you. How, how others act is a reflection on them, not you. Oh yeah. This one really gets me for sure because it's in this aspect of so many people are like, oh, well they are doing this and this it's, it's because of me, like, and it's an attack on me and no, like stop taking it personal and going into attack mode too, because how other people act, how other people respond you know, how they choose to come match you, whatever, that is truly a reflection of them. And that is not on you. Like you can't control someone else. And like, literally that is a reflection of someone else. To give you an example of what I mean, if you line, like if you go to have 10 different people in 10 different rooms, so they can't see the interactions and you go in and yell at them all and like threaten them in some way, you're going to get different types of like reactions there. And, you know, in that aspect, some will yell back, some will try and fight, some will blow up, some will be like arrogant, some will cry, you know, withdraw, withdraw. And like, so it's, it's not that the action that was towards them, it was how they reacted was a reflection of, of them. So you have to stop taking things as like always about you. What's going on with other people is about them. It's not about you. And so stop labeling and like trying to like have to put, you know, this, that's like, you know, I, I have to have an answer to it. Uh, the, I'll give you your answer. Is there, they're not a healthy individual. They weren't taught how to process their emotions. They don't have any true foundations. They weren't taught these things. And so there's on the struggle bus and, you know, they just need someone to like, they actually need to take that action to get off by being taught these things. Yeah. And here's the thing, <laughs> like, here's the thing, like we had deeper rooted beliefs. Um, number one, which is just still, it's a big, but also in the, in the grand scheme of everything you have to need to learn to become a healthy individual, build all the right foundations. It's still a small part. 
So like, you know, when it comes down to it, like they had to do that. Um, had to also understand that like we had to reprogram those things and issues and understand that hurt people hurt people. And, you know, also had to be able to not only build all the right foundations of being a healthy individual, but also in mindset and in marriage. And then, and then, then the tools will work, but people go into using the tools first. And it's not like, dude, like that, that's not how it works. Like you can't use the tools and like, like people try to, you know, the, the thing is like, even with pills and people that giving people pills and stuff like that to help mitigate like whatever crap that they're going through. Uh, it's one of those things that, Okay, so you got, like, if I give you pills now and you don't know how to process through your emotions or anything like that, you're not a healthy individual, Have you have not built any of the real solid foundations in any aspect, which you have no clue how, then you're going to be the same person in 12 months. No different. Now, you may look visually different from, like, a, you know, a medicated standpoint, but, uh, but the reality, when you come off that, you're going to be the same exact person, but worse. So it's just going to compile and everything's going to yeah. flood the emotions we see. We see all the time um, flood of emotions. Yeah. So you have to build all the correct foundations, do all the deep work, stop labeling people. Labeling is easy. Fixing it can be scary, but it's definitely worth it. It is worth it. And, you know, it's not something that you have to walk through alone by any means. And, you know, in, in any of this aspect. And so I really just want and hope that you really heard the heart behind this in because it's it's so that this this is such um a, such an issue like close to my heart because of so many different reasons you know between how i've been impacted and how i see it destroy people on individual levels and then also marriages and families and generations like it just literally breaks my heart and then <clears throat> excuse me on the on a personal note my dad had been labeled um a lot of things too and after finding out more about his life like I know that he wasn't ever taught these things and you know he went through a lot with his parents and so many different aspects like he didn't have the best life either and obviously like that compiled into how he treated me but with within that aspect he was not taught how to be a healthy individual and so he was seeking all of these external things and that built up over time. And so, you know, he was, he was considered um, bipolar and um, schizophrenic in that aspect because of, he didn't know how to process his emotions. And, you know, he was like, just it, all these things compiled, but ultimately what led to him, you know, like passing was the fact that like they injected him with medication and his body didn't take it. And it literally shut him down. Yeah, it literally like shut him down and everything. And, and you know, you know, when it comes to these types of things, like you do got people that like, you know, yes, you know, have imbalances. But at the same time, like a lot of things, honestly, this a lot of this stuff could have been prevented, but just being a healthy individual. Yes. And actually, you know, working through deeper things. But people don't do it. They think, oh, I'm yeah. good. I'm good. Like I'm on the high of emotional roller coaster. You have no freaking idea how bad things are going to get. No. And these things can be taught to your kids as well. I love that our clients teach our, teach their kids. I almost consider them mine. Cause like, I just like, I love kids. Um, but within that aspect, I love that our clients teach their kids these things too. Cause we're seeing like 12 year olds 
breaking free from like being depressed and stuff and you know not having to be on medication we're seeing like that from like teenagers and you know like all of these like all of these teenagers and stuff that are being taught from their parents and being able to break free where they're not needing to be medicated where they're not going into those self-harming you know um self self-harming aspects anymore like where they're stopping those behaviors because they actually have a real re, real way to deal with issues versus like a, some coping mechanism because whatever the coping mechanism is that's not the problem so whether it's you know it is the cutting or the pills or the weed or the running out that's not the problem that's just how they're dealing with the problem and so the true fix is having all the right foundations and you may not know how, but now you have the awareness that there is a way. And so even though you weren't taught, it is your responsibility to do that, to take that action step. And so we really wanted to challenge you as always and really just stop like labeling, stop like stop just slapping that on people instead, like truly work through the issues. And, you know, this is something that whether it's you or your spouse, there is hope. And like there is things that even if your spouse isn't willing to participate, you can change the culture and you can have influence even without their participation. Yeah. And here's the thing, like, you know, God didn't be like, you know, I created man today and then woman tomorrow. And then, oh yeah, bipolar and narcissist the next day. Like (laughs) God God doesn't create crap. Uh, God doesn't create garbage. All of us are creating his image and God's image is not narcissist or bipolar. We do not reflect that. Now we reflect that, but we reflect, but if we reflect God, we don't really reflect that. So that's what I'm saying. So like, if you actually reflect the right things, uh, labels do so much harm, so much harm, harm. so much freaking harm to people. And so, and you got to understand like fixing the mindset, beliefs, your lens on your spouse, you got to fix all these things. And, and labels do a lot of harm in in the essence of like, not only does it like put you in a fixed mindset, it puts you in a place to where you develop a very negative lens of your spouse, which does a lot of, a lot of harm. It, it, it severely inhibits um, growth severely, not only on a personal level, but also in the marriage too. Yeah. This whole fixed mindset is really important because when people are labeled, they do feel like, though this is just something I have to deal with and I'm stuck and there's no getting out of it. And because when you really do like the research on it, especially like bipolar, narcissistic, those types of things, they say like, there is no change. Like there is no hope. Like, and that's so not true. And so that's just not true. That's, that's a lie. So we want to call out these things so that you can open up your mindset. You can go into a growth mindset, be open-minded. You can change your own beliefs and expand your lens. You know, I just pray today that like some of these scales fall off your eyes where you are truly enlightened and can see things in a different perspective versus what society has been shoving down, like in your, in your throat and your mind and all these things like for forever, you know, let's shift from a label to a growth mindset and to like hurt people, hurt people and relationship trauma is extremely real. And at the root of all of this is like, they're just not a healthy individual with the right foundations. Yeah. Yeah. So like we talk about in our program, you have to build all the correct foundations with, you know, mindset, individual marriage, all those things. But as always, we love you. God loves you. 
And we always believe that God wants to see your marriage restored. He doesn't shift one day or, he's, you know, you're or this other person isn't a different favorite or something like that. He doesn't shift that stuff. We believe he always wants your marriage saved. And he always wants you to become a healthy individual. So that being said, we love you and we will see you on the next episode. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Now, that's all we have for today's show. And remember, prayer without action is just dead faith. So make sure to implement everything you learned here today from today's show. By the way, hope you enjoyed this episode on the Marriage 2.0 podcast. And if you did, please make sure you share this episode on your social media and tag at Tommy and Desnica. And if you did enjoy it, make sure to subscribe to the Marriage 2.0 podcast and give us a five-star rating. However, listen, most importantly, so many people are at the end of their ropes, crying themselves to sleep every night. And we can only spread our message and story so far here. So we need you to make sure that you really share the knowledge with others that really need it so that we can impact them. Yes. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So make sure to join our free Facebook group, Christian Marriage Coaching for support, daily content, and free trainings to help you go from roommates to teammates. Have an amazing day and God bless.